Hi, everyone. Welcome. It's episode 21, and it started on time. Congratulations for us. This is Did That Make Air? Joined by Ed Barnes, I'm Brian Wilmer, and, uh, <laughs> well, I, it's very rare that I get thrown, yep. I have to admit, but I had something set to lead the program, and we're going away from it, so I, I haven't been able to stop laughing for the last 10 minutes, Ed, I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. Hey, you must be really excited about it when you started transitioning to our first story without letting me say hello. So go ahead, please. Let's get to it. No, sorry. Go ahead and say hello first. <laughs> I just did. Okay, fine. <laughs> Jeez. If you want to contact the program, it's simple to do. At Did That Make Air on Twitter. You can also email us at dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Again, dtmapodcast at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, I was sent a story by Pete before the uh, program began. And just the story is funny enough, but I have something to add to it that makes it considerably funnier. Uh, here's the story. Dateline Houston, a Houston man who once portrayed McGruff the crime dog, has shown his commitment to crime fighting, apparently wasn't very deep. <laughs> John, Did he try to make Kick-Ass 3? <laughs> I, I never thought we would bring up any of the Kick-Ass uh, trilogy, potentially, on this program, but... There it is. You know what I was really hoping for, actually? I was hoping you were going to say that he tried to team up with Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Somehow, that's just... That tag team would be... If I could create that, I would buy a WWE game just to play with Gruff <laughs> the Crime Fighting Dog and Smokey the Bear as my tag team. Or uh... So, if any video game developer out there really wants my business specifically and no one else's, make that game. <laughs> or uh, McGruff and Smokey and the Bandit. I'd take that, too. No, I know you would. I know you'd be very <laughs> excited about it. But I'm telling you, Smokey the Bear, um, he's a bear. He's got to win. So that makes it easy. Uh, John R. Morales was sentenced to 16 years and three months in federal prison on drug and weapons charges after police found more than 1,000 marijuana plants and 27 weapons, including grenade launchers, at two indoor farms. All right, so which mercenaries game was he in, Brian? <laughs> did, that, did, he, did he hit you up to drive for him? Man, he might have. I, I don't remember it. <laughs> that doesn't mean it didn't happen. A thousand plants? Yes. A thousand. A thousand. Okay, and this was in Houston? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm sure he has his reasons, uh, but without getting into the weapon stash, I just got to wonder, why not just do this? There's got to be some way to do this in the states where it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> to have no seriously like, it has a point. medical marijuana law colorado everyone's so high there now already they just think hey, we don't even care whatever um so I, I that's the first thing that comes to mind when i hear like any marijuana related arrest <laughs> right anymore i'm just kind of going if you've just done this in a different place that's you know oftentimes better than the one we're talking <laughs> about um it would have been fine. So, uh, you know, that's just uh, that's bad awareness, low awareness rating for that person. Yeah, uh, Pete says he apparently wanted to take a bite out of Doritos. No doubt. Nicely played. Do he, yeah, do you think he stuck with the traditional nacho or Cool Ranch <laughs> or tried to find one of the specialty, like, wacky Doritos flavors they have out there? Uh, I, th I think he went with the uh, – I forget the, the name of it. There's some kind of weird brand name now where they have all these different hot flavors. He probably went with one of those because, you know, you got to take the uh, take the edge off of the mellow from smoking all the weed. So got to bring right. yourself back up. Yeah. Well, if you live in San Diego, the way you do that is go to your local taqueria. <laughs> Just get some good hot sauce, 
put it on a delicious burrito that may or may not contain fries, which people still freak out about, by the way. Anytime it's like, oh, yeah, you get a California burrito. What's in that? Oh, well, that's uh, carne asada. So you got your steak there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it comes with fries, sour cream, and cheese. Uh, okay. <laughs> better, it's better you than me. Better you than uh, me. At about 2 in the morning when you uh, <laughs> are hammer time, that is amazing. <laughs> Uh, Although you can tell the better taquerias from others just by who puts hash browns in their breakfast burritos versus fries. <laughs> so I have thoughts on this. I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> Anyone who lives outside of the area, I'm sorry, though. You're bored. This will eventually become one of our big questions, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, so make a note of that. Uh, as far as the, the McGruff guy, a, uh, a real crime dog of the, of the drug-sniffing variety detected the pot plants in his trunk after he was stopped for speeding in Galveston in 2011. Authorities say officers found a clipboard with maps to the indoor farms, and his defense attorney says that Morales entered the drug trade to help sick relatives. Sure he did. Well, they couldn't get medicinal marijuana in the state, so he just thought he'd make it. Well... <laughs> excuse he also uh, was found with, as I mentioned, the grenade launcher and 9,000 rounds of ammo. So I wonder if that was to help sick uh, family members, too. You'd think that he might have just taken someone's advice the wrong way, where they just exaggerated and said, you should get, like, 27 guns and 9,000 rounds of ammo. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they really were just all high off some of the plants that he grew. And then he was just like, you're right, I should, I should. And then he went and actually did it. So Possibility? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a fair guess. And, okay. uh, I, I mentioned, by the way, this the story was funny enough as it, as it was, but I mentioned I'd been laughing for ten minutes and I hadn't really told you why. So I've decided to add a little production value to the program. So along with the story, I have scoured the internet and I have found the perfect addition to uh, this story, and I have not yet shared it with you, nor have I shared it with anybody else. So we will listen along together. This is McGruff the Crime Dog singing. It's a lie. It's like beating your head on a wall. That is not what it's like. <laughs> Marijuana's a fast way to fall. You have to stay with this till the end of it, trust me. Cause it's doing you no good at all. And you know. You'll die from smoking weed. Yeah. Like I say, stay with it. Let me write that down, though, if you gamble with life. (laughs) This is Baller coming up. (laughs) Now, what I want to know is which... Uh, 80s band did they lift that solo from? <laughs> oh my god. So many, so many places we could go with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just you have McGruff singing, you also have a baller guitar solo in the middle of it. <laughs> now, how is that going to make you not want to smoke weed again? I'm not sure I follow. I, I think that video would probably be better to people who, um, you know. <laughs> 
have probably tried some of those guys, that guy's plants. <laughs> that video would probably be incredible entertainment for those people, actually. I guarantee you that the number one consumer of Dare t-shirts are people who are high. Oh, you know it, because of the right. uh, ironic factor. Exactly, Whatever. so that's why I'm saying that those videos would be absolutely hilarious to anyone who's stoned. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is... Please tell me there's like a... Is there an animated version of this that I can watch? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Now, what this came from, this actually that's, came that's from... Yeah, I know. This came it's from a tragedy the... worse than what happened to that ice dancing team, according oh, to Canada. God. We'll talk about that. Later. Yes, we will. Uh, this came from a uh, an album, McGruff's Smart Kids album, which is part of the Internet Archive, which includes uh, jammy jams about alcohol, cocaine, and crack. I'm glad I'm me. Inhalants make your body last, <laughs> and, and the op- opus marijuana you just heard there a minute ago. The, the marijuana song is actually two uh, two fifty two. But we sliced it for airplay purposes. <laughs> I really want to know what the inhalant song says. <laughs> Do we dare play it on this program? <laughs> don't sniff that glue. It's bad for you. I'm guessing that's the hook. I don't. <sighs> if uh... I, just, I, I remember being told so many times in my life about how bad, uh, you know, drugs are sure, and, sure. and all of that growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, I just never – it was never really an issue for me, like that whole thing in my life. It was never something where I felt like I had to make any sort of actual decision when it came to do I want to try crack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that was not a tough choice. You know, that, that one That one I felt like I was on autopilot where, you know, it's a midsummer game and some manager is like, I'm bringing in the lefty to face the left just because that's what I do. You know, not because it was any kind of actual decision for me about if it's the best thing. See, it, it, what we should do with the Inhalants song, we should get get that song and make kind of like the typical YouTube slideshow video and just show a bunch of different scenes of Lloyd Bridges looking all heated from the first Airplane movie. It is pretty awesome when he jumps out the window. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert, sorry. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed just spoiled a 34-year-old movie here on the program. I, hey, I don't want to make anyone mad. You know that. I don't want to offend anyone. So I'm going out of my way. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the original Airplane, he jumps out of the air control tower at the end. By the way, can I just say something completely off the subject? Not, not that Please. we're really on a subject anyway, but is there anything more just annoying anymore than people whining about spoilers for the olympics on twitter and facebook when like every damn news source ever is posting oh hey such and such won the cross country you know whatever matters invitation seriously people get on Uh, on the inner tubes and they're just like oh stop posting spoilers i I don't i don't want to know before i watch it on nbc in 26 hours you know, uh, I've just picked up my iPhone, Brian, and I'm going to the notifications center where I can see that uh, not only has Sports Center been telling me about um, what's going on, but uh, the last two updates from the CNN app, uh, because I'm a dirty liberal apparently, um, both are Olympic results. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry, if I use the Fox News app, then I'd be a good conservative, right? Yeah, if you. If you use the MSNBC app, you'd be a total moon bat, but that's a whole right. other deal. Right. Uh, <laughs> if I use the MSNBC app, maybe I'd have an asexual haircut. <laughs> you look at the MSNBC app on the Play Store, it's like, downloads, two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow, we got one more download than we had viewers. Anyway, there would be more comments about the MSNBC app, about where can I find the MSNBC app, <laughs> just like they can't find the channel. <laughs> 
See, now I have to wonder, whenever you go to download the Weather Channel app, if it asks you if you have DirecTV and then it denies you access to it? Well, I mean, that's been the thing that's interesting about a lot of these streaming apps is they do make you sign in with your television provider. Sure. You know? And that's something where those do not work very well. Between the ESPN and the NBC watch apps, I have tried logging in there a few times where the site's – something's broken with the process where – I even have gone to the DirecTV site, typed in my login information. No, this is the right login info. Okay, let's go back to NBC. I must have been typing the wrong thing. No, this is just broken right now. Okay, well, that's fun. At least this hasn't been annoying 15 minutes. (laughs) See, I saw somebody complaining that was on a trip to, I think, like, Holland or somewhere, and... They were complaining because the proxy they were trying to use to get to the CBS web app so they could watch the Big Bang Theory wasn't working. And I'm just like, do you notice the irony in this? You're complaining that something nerdy doesn't work to watch a nerdy program? I'm I'm just more disappointed with people watching that program still. I can't (laughs) really get past that part because I tried. And um, Have you ever seen those clips where it's the sitcom without the laugh track? (laughs) <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, isn't that just jarring when you watch it and just, this is even less funny than it appears I mean because the laugh when you hear other people laughing you feel like you kind of should right I you agree. know I mean there's that pack mentality that is a subconscious thing that we just end up sort of going along with in some cases or it's just one of those really awkward situations where everyone around you is laughing and you're just looking around going what happened <laughs> I don't I don't get it I don't it's it's just not funny Oh, okay. Um, and that is a weird thing. It kind of happened to me a few weeks ago where I was just kind of looking around at people laughing hysterically at something, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go get a beer because this is just strange. I don't, I don't, I'm going to just leave. I'm going to eject. You, uh, you weren't at a Dane Cook show by any chance, were you? Nope. No, I was not. <laughs> Good guess. Sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, we. Um, I meant to tell you about the uh, Inhalants song. It's 242. If you want to run the whole thing, if not, then we'll just save it for another time. I'm just guessing that the Big Bang Theory would hear it and then try to come out with their own song called Covalence or something like that. <laughs> They're like, yes! Tiger Woods fist pop. Yep. <laughs> I did it at my desk, even though there's no one here to see it. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were talking, by the way, before the program about your, uh, your view for the three hours or whatever that were on the air of staring at your microphone, and, and it says blue, and you're staring at the blue. the blue thing for three hours. Right. Um, I'm, I'm kind of at this point, I've, I've turned myself a little, so I'm actually looking out, uh, the door to the back patio here, which, uh, seems more interesting, even though nothing's happening. <laughs> Isn't that the point? It's more interesting than the word blue. Yeah. You, that's the point though. You're supposed to have things not happening on your patio. It's supposed to be a place where you can go and relax or whatever. Right. No, but you know, usually there's like some birds flying around or something like that. And eh, nothing going on right now. Just, uh, just overcast weather. That's about it. So, I guess we should probably get to the big question since we uh, <laughs> we jacked. I don't know. Are, the... are, you, are we going to even get a taste of covalence or no? Uh, just a, just a little bit. I, I got to hear the first verse because I need to know. Uh, oh, you mean the... in, inhalance, not covalence? I did. I, 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 as soon as I said it, I was like, "Wow!" I, I, just, I, I said the joke instead of the real thing. God, that seems more believable actually than the real thing. <laughs> Weird yeah, Al and the cast of the Big Bang I've already made it. Came up with it 30 seconds ago. I've made it to a half-minute song. Oh, what the hell. Let's let's play it. it. It may break things oh, if I stop it in the middle, but whatever. 
let's uh let's give it a shot. I don't need to hear the whole thing. I just need to hear like the first verse. Break you in half too, apparently. Learn a lesson so true. There's danger in inhalers. They can break you in two. So never I guess the guy who sold the pot wrote wrote this stuff. Yeah. You established that in the first verse, pal. Break you in two, Brian. <laughs> Inhale some stuff you shouldn't even snap in half. Because it's really insane. Oh, There's gonna be a market for that, though. There are gonna be some people that inhale. Oh, man, how strong is it? This is like getting hit by an NFL middle linebacker. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Just because something is safe to use one way doesn't mean it's safe to use another way. Cleaners, sprays, and other household chemicals can become deadly poisons when inhaled. Don't really? ever try it. Just Usually it's on the label, actually. It's helpful for other people to <laughs> use inhalers. Enjoy. Wow. You'll be suffering pain. They will damage your brain. Do people really not suffer pain? Do they enjoy pain? Oh, I shouldn't ask that question. Now, my question is, is do you think that this is... Um, I feel like this could have been composed by the same people that did Push It to the Limit from Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a little more mellow than they were at the time. What do you think? <laughs> now I'm, I'm wanting to sing the, the whole Limit refrain in the background. I, I can't even. I can't even. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Now that's, see, he, he, we're on the same page, man. The Miami Sound Machine reference is great right there. Um, I guess Gloria got a song off, so that's cool. Um, oh, wow. The thing that's amazing about the both of those is, is McGruff really can't sing well at all. Um, it's because he's So we can add part. him to the long list of people who have gotten albums with no vocal talent. Uh, but <laughs> it's, just, it, it's just really amazing that... Yeah, no, there's a market for this. We're going to put this out, and we think this is a good, profitable idea. So, Not just an idea, but a profitable idea. Did uh, did McGruff bang Simon Cowell to get that record deal, or did he go on an acapella show with Ben Folds, or how did that work? I don't know. Do you have to just bang, or can you? do you have to be impregnated by <laughs> you know, yeah, like, contracts out of that guy? <laughs> He's sitting there, I don't want to wear a Laker girl outfit. <laughs> well, that would... <laughs> That would be, I mean, hey, if you wanted to mess with someone who's on drugs, show them a picture of him McGruff, a crime dog, and a Laker girl outfit, and they're just, they're not coming back. Oh, good God. <laughs> See, if I, just imagine if I just read the McGruff story as, as it was. I mean, that's, that's one thing. That's funny enough. But now we've gotten off into this whole completely 
um, disconnected tirade that has been one of the funnier moments that we've had in the 21 episodes of this program. Hey, you know, maybe their thought process was the kids that like music are the ones that are most likely to be troubled and <laughs> into drugs or something. I don't, I don't really get it, but I'm really glad it happened. I'm, I'm just wondering if the, uh, if the record was shorter than we thought because Billy Joel crashed into the studio or how did that work? <laughs> I, you know, I'd imagine that they'd end up getting a really good celebrity cameo on this album just because it would be someone who had to do their community service. <laughs> And somehow they would negotiate a deal where if I record this, will you not knock off like a hundred hour chunk of my community service? Jeez. Seems like a plausible thing, right? Yeah. And of course, my, my dad saying that the, the background singer sounded as though they'd been inhaling something themselves. Yeah, I was waiting for the line in the song about inhalants about how it turns your lungs into Swiss cheese or something like that. But no, instead it breaks you in two. Yeah, it's just the same lines three times in the, in the right. song. Right. How are we going to get two and a half minutes out of this song? Well, we could just repeat ourselves three times. <laughs> Done! Jeez. Let's get in, the, oh, get in the booth. Get in the booth. So, <laughs> uh, again, we have the... For those of you who want to put this on your, uh, you know, on your iPod to go work out with, we have alcohol, cocaine and crack, I'm glad I'm me, the inhalants song you just heard, Make Your Body Last, and Marijuana. And you can download the entire thing if you really are curious to hear it. I think I might make I'm Glad I'm Me my, my alarm clock uh, <laughs> song on my iPhone. What do you think? Jeez. <laughs> Just feel pumped up right from the time I get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and the Tori Amos song, I'm Glad I'm Not You, that <laughs> rewrote it. The, the thing that's a problem, though, is about... Um, when I try to pick an alarm song, I try to, you know, it's something that obviously has to have enough juice to wake me up in the first place. Right. Same but here. most of the time that I'm actually putting an alarm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually setting an alarm, I should say, is when I have to wake up at some ungodly hour to get in for a really early crew call, like a five o'clock wake up for a six o'clock call or something like that. Yeah. So I could only imagine this, the vocal stylings <laughs> of the crime dog um, waking me up each morning. <laughs> Especially sometime around five or something like that when I've gotten like three and a half hours sleep and I have to go right to work. I probably would end up breaking my phone trying to turn it off. <laughs> you could also have Fred McGriff uh, sing this and wear the, the sweet mesh back hat from the Tom Amansky videos too. That's the only way for him to do it anymore. <laughs> if I could just get something on loop of him, you know, there's got to be a... a, a you know, an animated something or other of him just pointing at the camera. This is the instructional video that gets results. <laughs> the best. Oh, jeez. Um, I wish the announcer were available just so anytime I did anything three times in a row, I could have him say back to back to back. <laughs> See, the bad thing is I'm I'm still playing ball when those things first came out and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's like, should I be throwing baseballs into trash cans? Am I missing something in my workout here? I actually ended up playing on a, a travel team the last year I was on it that our, uh, our hitting coach was one of the coaches for those teams. Okay. So <laughs> I, I don't, I, God, I can't remember the guy's name, which, but I do remember he called himself like the hit doctor or something. <laughs> well, of course you, you know. have to. Right. But it was everything that we saw in those videos where it was like, you know, stride, take the hands back, second step, start to bring the hands through and start, you know, like, you know, turn the back knee in, you know, and all that stuff. See, so 
I have to ask: Did the uh, did the hit doctor play in those those professional slow pitch leagues where everybody has a nickname and you can only hit like twelve home runs in a game, and then all of a sudden they start counting his outs? No, he was a big dude though. He, he probably was about three hundred. Oh, and wow. um, you know, doesn't mean that you don't know what you're talking about with hitting. And I'm not trying to say that at all. But it was just one of those. It was kind of a weird thing to have a coach that's like, you know, uh, that large. Just you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, kids, it's time to go run some laps. And you're like, what? <laughs> so uh, he he was wearing the uh, the sweet six XL uh, t-shirt jersey with the iron-on numbers on the back. Then I did not check his tag. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was busy being in my own head for bats. That's what I was doing. See, I saw some story about uh, Tom Imansky and steroids at some point, and I don't know whether it was an onion thing or whether it was actually real. So now I'm I'm really curious to, at some point, consult the internets and see if there actually was a Tom Imansky steroid scandal. Yeah, what it was is that the commercial was on steroids. That's how it's played so long on ESPN. <laughs> Are we going to do another year with this? Well, I'll just do another cycle and we'll stay on TV. <laughs> Jeez. And, of course, when I go to look, the second search result that comes up is Tom Amansky steroids. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now, I don't know anything about this. Should we be saving this for our sports show? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sorry, we uh, we forgot that the editor of Collegiate Baseball magazine called this a masterpiece, the best ever produced. <laughs> In the long line of baseball drill videos, right? That's yes. A crowded, crowded market out there. There's that one, and there's the uh, Play Ball the Ripken Way one, which I have, and that's probably about the only ones that were ever produced. Yeah? Do you have that one? I do. Nice. That was, uh, that was a gift from my father long ago. I, I do have that, though. First, you lose 19 straight. Then, <laughs> then you fire up heaters in the dugout. Right. Then play in your next 2,000-some-odd games, and uh, the rest will take care of itself. Thanks for watching. <laughs> then you high-five your dad's leathery skin as you round third base. And then in the credits, it says, thanks for watching, F-Face. <laughs> See, I remember when that card used to be worth a bunch of money. Now it's worth like 30 cents. No, you know, that was amazing how that one with the uh, the F word on it used to be all valuable. And then the one that became more valuable, if I remember correctly, wasn't it like the whiteout version? Uh, yeah. All these different corrections. So it had the actual swear. Then they had the black box, which was worth – I mean that's got to be like in something to put in your spokes if you ride bikes anymore. You know, um, that was a weird reference. Anyway, uh, the one I remember being really valuable at the time that I kind of tuned out of card collecting was the whiteout version, which was like 25 bucks or something. Oh, hey, uh, somebody's selling one on eBay now. And uh, if you're talking the whiteout version or the one with the, uh, no, the expletive, it's it's uh, it's it's the expletive. However, they labeled it as Rick face. It's not Rick face, folks. Rick face. Rick face. <laughs> okay. In fact, let me show you this because it says Rick Face, um, even though that's not really what it says on the card. <laughs> but whatever. That's... Yeah, very strange. <laughs> it's uh, it's selling for twenty nine ninety nine. Buy it now if you really want to watch or want to buy it, it now. Uh, maybe later, but not now, especially. <laughs> the funny thing is, too, it says actually on the the card sleeve at the top where it has like the grade and everything. It says Rick Face. 
Yeah, see, I look, I can zoom in on the card even, and it's, uh, yeah. That's not Rick face. <laughs> no, no, that's... That's not even Rick Roll. Uh, nope. <laughs> well, there you go. Young Bill Ripken, before he was ever breaking down the top ten corner infield combos in the major leagues or whatever it is they do over there. <laughs> that's that's something else that, that uh, we probably need to talk about during the sports segment of this program. Uh for fear of getting into it now. Okay. So remind me about that. Mm. Uh, the the big question tonight actually has to do with music, so it's probably fairly appropriate that we go into it now. Uh, there well, it, after the lead-in of McGriff the Crime Dog. Oh, yeah, <laughs> McGriff, excuse yeah. me. McGriff <laughs> the Crime Dog. Uh, <laughs> it's the first great. candidate for a title. Yay. Uh-huh. Um, the, the big question, I know that you are a fan of Jackson Brown, or at least some songs from sure. Jackson Brown. And I was reintroduced to one of his all-time classics recently. I had forgotten about the song The Pretender for I don't know how long, and I don't know why, because it's incredible, and it just kind of slipped out of my conscience. I don't, I don't know how. But I wanted to read from you, or read read from you, read to you, perform, uh, something that was said from my favorite Time Suck, allmusic.com, about this song. And this is the thing that kind of concerns me and we'll mm-hmm. we'll get into the big question part but he's he's talking about the uh the the record and such this is from William Ruhlman at All Music and he he calls it a cynical sarcastic treatise on money grubbing and the shallow life of the suburbs talking about that song so That's one way to look about at it i guess i mean yeah he's I don't know if that's really what the what they were going for, but okay. but here's the question though, and this might lead to something bigger, and if it does, fine. But the question is, why are we expecting something different from the media we consume than what we actually end up with? Because it makes it seem as though this is some kind of derogatory thing that Jackson Brown would have a cynical, sarcastic song about something that was very prevalent in 1976, if you look back at, at history, not that I really knew anything about it, but th- at that point, you were starting to see a lot more, uh, you know, urban sprawl, as it were, and a lot more people moving to the suburbs, and a lot more people abandoning family and the Ozzy and Harriet stuff to go make more money. And at what point is it so bad to just speak truthfully about music without it having to be all happy and shiny and perfect all the time. At, at what point right. did we get out of that? Uh, just looking over some of the lyrics, you know, I, I mean, if you look at lines like caught between the longing for love and the struggle for the legal tender, that doesn't apply to darn near everyone. It does. It absolutely. So <laughs> I, I, I find that a very odd description of that, of that song. And you're right. It, the thing is, is, Music can be such a powerful thing, especially when it matches a mood for you. And those moods are not always going to be, you know, bright sunshine and days. So a song like this, I mean, that can tap into a feeling that applies to so many of us. I don't understand what, like, what's the problem with this. You know, it's not all going to be uh, – we, we don't all have to get down on Friday, Rebecca Black. I think that's really the right song to cite in this situation, right? <laughs> that's fair. So, yeah. <laughs> But come on, like you think about this. I mean, it's like I just look over the, like I said, the lyrics again. I mean, that's life, man. What are you not supposed to write about life? 
Well, what you're, what you're kind of getting at? Here's something else he said about this, and, and this kind of leads to another point. He says, with that lead-in, talking about the, uh, the rest of the record, the title song was not the usual confrontation with apocalyptic forces Brown's listeners might have expected, but rather an outright admission of defeat. In the song, Brown's worldview remains dark, of course. Ensconced in a suburban environment, he asks what happened to the changes that were supposed have supposed to have occur, or supposed to have occurred. They wrote it wrong, but whatever. Were they only dreams for himself, aware of the passage of time? He can't wait for those changes anymore. He's going to buy a house, find a girl, and go to a job. And then mentions the, uh, the I'm going to be a happy idiot and struggle for the legal tender lyric. And uh, he mentions the true love could have been a contender line. And... It's, he closes by saying, Many rock critics previously willing to follow Brown into philosophical despair were not prepared to accept this capitulation to consumerism. Well, I just want to go back over a couple things that, that you just read. Okay. Now, so what did he say that Brown cites? He talked about finding, what was it, a house, a job, and a girl? Uh, yeah. Is that the, I'm sorry, sir. Did you not try to do all of those things as well? <laughs> well, the thing I don't get is... He's doing what every other person does right? every single day. You know, there are so many people out there, probably this guy included, that all go through the same daily routine. They all, yeah. you know, go to work. They ride a train, drive a car, whatever from the suburbs. They all, you know, are, and I use this term all the time. They're all kind of destined to toil in obscurity. And, right. you know, it's it's very much an everyman type song, but apparently it's too cynical and dark and, and uh, too capitulating for this person. But it's fact. I don't have an office and get to travel a pretty good amount for work. So by default, I end up being in situations that are different, new, things of that nature. Even within a world like that, monotony is part of life. You end up doing the same things over and over again, whether it's something that – whether it's just – you find comfort in routine. I know that I'm a big routine person that I, I like try to stay on my schedule a little bit and do my, my certain stuff every day because I know that my life is better when I do A, B, and C. And even in a world where you're traveling around all the time or you're, you're seeing different people or things of that nature, a lot of it still ends up feeling the same. I mean, if you're traveling all the time, then it's just another plane to another bus to another hotel to another TV truck. To We all have our challenges in life trying to keep it you know, as fulfilling and interesting as possible. And it doesn't always happen for any of us. So this is a realistic, if not, you know, it's, it's a, a bit of a downer, obviously, but still, isn't this a very realistic world worldview? It, it absolutely is. And see, there are other things too, like a song that you've mentioned to me on a, on a couple of occasions, the loadout, it's, it's a very accurate description of life on the road. And people are just like, Oh, it sounds so depressing. He just gets up there and sings and then gets on a bus and then goes to another city. And all the people are left behind to, to load all the stuff back up and, and everything. It's like, no, yeah. he's just giving you an accurate account That's... of what happens on the road. It's, it's kind of like, can you imagine if somebody uh, wrote a review of Bob Seger's turn the page and talked about it being, you know, smarmy and uh, you know, <laughs> Just completely disconnected and and a, a miserable account of life on the road. Really, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Obviously, sure. Um, it's always kind of interesting when you hear about the way that critics receive certain songs, certain albums, certain artists. Even, I mean, there's the well-known part out there about how Rolling Stone is the magazine that never liked an album by Led Zeppelin. 
<laughs> True. You know, and you're just, what? <laughs> you didn't you didn't like you didn't like this? How all right, well, you know what? You don't have to listen to it. I will. So um I, I just I I'm kind of baffled by uh, the criticisms of the song because it's just it, it's obviously it's not shiny happy people I get it True. but at the same time it's nothing but realistic in my eyes you well know, we all have our struggles in life we all have our things that we're trying to overcome we all have our things that we're chasing and there are so many of us out there that when you read a line like uh, I'm going to find myself a girl we can who can show me what laughter means and we'll fill in the missing colors in each other's paint by number dreams yes that seems very cynical yeah but there's also so many of us out there that, in some ways, th- that seems completely realistic. And I think that right? the the missed message here, and again, this is this is getting into a broader conversation about music and our interpretation of it, and critics and et cetera, et cetera. But I think that the bigger thing that's being missed here is that falling into a routine like that, or you know, getting into a situation where you're having to act like a grown up is not necessarily capitulation. It's not necessarily writing off the rest of your, you know, days or or uh, giving in to the man or anything. It's just once you reach a certain age, you kind of realize, okay, I've I've got to do something that makes me a grown-up. It's kind of like me, you know. I, I started off in radio, realized that living on 5.15 an hour wasn't going to get it done, and so I had to settle into a grown-up job. It happens to all of us. We all have certain things that when we're kids we would love to do, and then you realize that as you get older, practicality kind of takes over and you have to settle into more more of a pragmatic type of lifestyle. It's not really uh, you know, that you're giving up on what you once believed in or once wanted. It's just that you have to live a more pragmatic life. And I, I think that's really what he's talking about to a larger degree is just getting into a sense of pragmatic normalcy. And I, I don't really see where that's such a bad thing, honestly. Well, I think it's just more the agreement to live in the society that we've created. Sure. <laughs> you know, some of the things that there are a lot of things within society that we may not agree with on a personal level, but at the same time, there are overarching ideas that we can absolutely point to and say, look, this is what we've decided upon in exchange for, you know, general safety. Then we have these laws in exchange for these other things. We have these rules and and so on and so forth. So that's going to lead to a lot of similar struggle because there are certain rules out there that's going to push us towards similar things and similar conclusions in some ways. You know, if you have to pay, you know, if, if it's going to be X amount for a home in a given area and that's where you want to live, then that's, you know, you're agreeing to pay that price. And that's a monetary example, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to a lot of other things in life that don't cost money. Well, here's here's another example, musically. Now, a lot of people are probably familiar with Paul Simon Still Crazy After All These Years, or, or should be. Uh song from 1975 off of a record of the same name, which really is underappreciated. If you look at most of his stuff, a lot of people focus on the Graceland stuff and focus on, uh, and rightfully so, focus on his little, a little more experimental music type stuff. But that song really defined a lot of that era. It was very, you know, soaring. You had the, the big sax solo in the middle of it and everything. It was, it was very much uh, a, a sign of its time. And in the review of the record, the overall record itself, not the individual track, the same guy writes, where Ryman Simon, his previous record, was the work of a confident family man, Still Crazy came off as a post-divorce album at songs reeking of smug self-satisfaction and romantic disillusionment. How many people have ever 
been able to say that they didn't go a day in their lives where they were not smugly self-satisfied or romantically disillusioned. Well, I mean, obviously me. Oh, that's me being smugly <laughs> satisfied again. Darn it. Made it so far. But <laughs> so he went, I mean, it sounds a lot of the time people are writing about stuff that is personal in their lives, right? Right. So if he did go through some struggle in love and decided to write songs about it, that's a pretty darn powerful emotion, and I'm not surprised that they would make up an album of his music. I mean, that, how many songs are about something like that? Well, the the interesting thing, too, if you parallel these two records, both The Pretender and Still Crazy After All These Years, but the actual overall records, both of them came out after Jackson Brown and Paul Simon lost their wives for differing reasons. So there's a lot of that in there in, in both records. And sure, sure. There, there may be some, uh, you know, some kind of deeper pain or other sentiment that comes out in it. But you know what? I, I think that we've kind of we've gotten to the point where it's taboo to actually get some kind of a feeling or some kind of an involvement out of the entertainment we consume anymore. Everything has to be mindless. Everything has to be spoon-fed. Everything has to be, you know, right out there on the page for everybody to... You know, as you mentioned before, laugh along with the laugh track or just mindlessly nod or, you know, watch two women fight each other while they pull their hair or whatever. It's there's there's no layering to entertainment anymore. And I, it really concerns me when you see something that is so layered and is so involved and is so real. And we try to tear it down with different pejoratives. I don't know. I mean, there there is a lot of that out there the, of the type of entertainment you speak of. Right. The, you right. know, the ouch, my balls. <laughs> you know, if you to quote uh, idiocracy or to reference idiocracy. Yeah. Um, which, man, that movie had some really great points. It yes, just it did. <laughs> really was way too long a movie. Um, <laughs> but it was like a great 30 minute show. <laughs> anyway, um, if I needed something that really. I mean, th there are shows out there that are still well done and layered, and I, you know, it's like Breaking Bad. I thought was a fantastic show. Don't worry, don't give away a spoiler. I don't offend anyone. <laughs> um, you know, and then there's like Game of Thrones is a great show, or you know, The Wire, and there are these shows where you know they're giving you an, a, basically an hour movie every week, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. But these shows have uh, tons of layers and nuance, and there's a huge market for them out there. I mean, people still do want some of this stuff, but I find it, you know, the critical response to be, oh, this, you know, why aren't they happier? You don't know what they've gone through. So their music is their music. You can like it or not like it, but you know, if you're in a really happy mood, then don't listen to the album. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't understand. And I talk about everything needs to be laid out and everything needs to be obvious to everyone. I mentioned I looked up the Jackson Brown lyrics. Right. Right. On the left-hand side of the page, they've got a section titled Hot Lyrics. The songs listed Royals, Counting Stars by One Republic, Timber by Pitbull, Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus, and Roar by Katy Perry. So I think if we really needed a thing to make your point, <laughs> uh, we just did it. Thank you very much, LyricsFreak.com. <laughs> So uh, there's there's 42 lines of dir in the lyrics for all those songs. Then, is that how that works? Yeah. Why do you need to look up the lyrics to the song Timber? <laughs> it's going down. I'm yelling Timber. That's the whole song right there. And, and then a bunch of random stuff from Pitbull that yeah. really doesn't connect to anything. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really wrong for me to say, but basically uh... – like I don't, I don't ever hear words when Pitbull's talking. It's just like, oh, there's Pitbull for a while, and 
someone else is in here to sing the chorus now. And then <laughs> back to Pitbull with whatever it is he's talking about. <laughs> Wearing a white linen suit, <laughs> drinking right. a Bud Light or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of it's, – it's not my thing, man. But you know what? I'm not going to be the guy that's going out and reviewing the next Pitbull album. Then again, you know, you think about it. I feel it like and, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, see, think about this. I, I think about myself and, and I think about you to a degree. I mean, myself and looking at, at my entertainment taste, if I had any musical acumen whatsoever, you know, my, my big thing would be able to, to uh, play the guitar solo from Merle Haggard's Working Man Blues and, and uh, you know, listen to Jackson Brown and stuff like that the rest of my life. These other idiots growing up these days. It's like, oh, yeah, that, that Katy Perry stuff really talked to me. Really? <laughs> what did it say? Were you able to read it? Yeah. Can I have can I have make his next song about don't listen to Katy Perry? It'll <laughs> melt your brain. It'll like break you in two, something of that nature. Yeah, I think that was just, the inhalant song, actually. Right. We just drop it. Don't Katy Perry. Um, uh, since you mentioned it, <laughs> the latest. I mean, I can only imagine. I just thought of this though, but yeah, you know. If you gave me a Pitbull album and said, look, I need you to review this for me, my review would just be like, I passed. <laughs> no thanks. I'm the wrong guy to review this album, and I know it from the start. So, you know, walking into it going, I don't really like house music. Okay, please review this house music album. That's a bad idea. That seems like a terrible idea. Why would you put someone in that position? <laughs> well, the the latest Pitbull record actually gets three and a half stars from all music. This is... The global warming record that came out in 2012, uh, it it says, and I'll just read the entire review. It's not that long. With his label, J Records, closing shop, Miami rapper Pitbull moves to RCA proper for global warming, a high-octane, well-funded party album, well-funded, that needs a bit of trimming to be considered officially nonstop. It's the polished ballads that are the arguable snares as the Chris Brown feature, Hope We Meet Again, offers a pleasing one-for-the-ladies number at half the usual speed and... While it might be a worthwhile attempt to round out the album, it's surrounded by tracks that party like a speedy, overcrowded boat on Miami seas with bottle service or die painted on the side. Put the BPMs in the right order, and this could be the ultimate Pitbull mix CD, which Mr. 305 himself would seem to prefer at this point, delivering his Polestar numbers with true gusto on the massive Don't Stop the Party, a wicked TJR production, whoever the hell that is, that rocks the house with a goofy fat boy slim vibe. Later, it's Christina Aguilera and a sample of AHA's Take On Me for the glorious disco explosion called Feel This Moment, while the Usher and Afrojack track Party Ain't Over is Dutch EDM with Miami pop rap on top, truly the global warming advertised on the album cover. No inconvenient truths, ha ha ha, as uh, J-Lo oh, yeah, joins for the surprisingly minimal and deep bit of house called Drinks For You, Ladies Anthem, and as Have Some Fun mashes an old Cheryl Crow hit with some very 2012-flavored dubstep bass drops, douche, it's guilty pleasure fireworks exploding through the speakers and the shameless high point of the album, whatever the hell this is, uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, with Enrique Iglesias is up for debate as, the double, as its double entendre hook is on the border of creepy, but it's tucked toward the end of the album, time to be experienced well after the bottle service is kicked in. Ask a polar bear his opinion, and it's an irresponsible album title, too. But Pitbull's Global Warming is the spicy pop rap place to forget the world's problems. So forgive the fat, forgive the mess, and enjoy the heat. Remind me, but I talked about last week my experience <laughs> of stepping into Town Nightclub in Vegas. Uh, yes, you did. Okay. 
So without rehashing the entire thing, I just remember immediately walking in, feeling completely out of place, being almost glad that the guy never even led us as far back to get to the person's VIP table, whatever thing that I was supposed to try to get to, because I just didn't feel like I belonged there. The music is not my type of music. Paying too much for drinks is not my favorite experience in the world. Uh, and dealing with people who are like constantly taking selfies where you can see a Tao logo on the wall behind them or something because <laughs> they want to post that to their fail book or their Instagram or whatever social media account people actually use anymore. On the Twitter. Instagram, whatever it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, hear, hearing that review even read took me right back to that. <laughs> it, it did. Fair enough. It just all I could think was – this is probably what was playing while I was there. <laughs> I don't remember what was playing while I was there, but something from this album probably made it on in the 15 minutes that I was there. <laughs> Doesn't that just sound like that would be something that would probably happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you figure it's like, musically, you have the choice these days of paying far too much money and growing a neck beard and wearing Converse and listening to Mumford & Sons for three and a half hours, or paying far too much, uh, drinking a skinny cocktail and listening to Katy Perry for three and a half hours on 100 beats a minute. Take your, take your pick. Yeah. Um, hmm. That doesn't, I don't really love either option that you've given me, Brian. Uh, maybe that's why I keep going backwards with my musical tastes, as I've mentioned over and over again. It's like, this classic rock stuff's classic for a reason. Yeah, I was listening at, you know listening to some of my stuff on Spotify recently. I think pretty much everything I have is fifteen years old or older. That's probably a yeah, safe I have distance. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, musically, I mean, we've talked about it so much that that most of the new stuff is stuff that we just don't relate to. Like a good person who's starting to you know get past their middle thirties, I guess, or maybe even sooner <laughs> that it happened. Yeah. But seriously, I mean, that's the common refrain from every generation about how the next generation's music is terrible and the one after that's even worse. And I don't understand how they do that. Back in my day, we actually had instruments. And, you're you stupid. Know. No, you're yeah, stupid. Yeah, we only had, had four-track <laughs> recorders back in my day. <laughs> now you can just use your computer. You guys don't know what it's like to make music. We um, used a Tascam board. Yeah. <laughs> we had to do it live. Uh, um <laughs> So you know what I mean? That's just such a common thing. But still, I, I really keep looking at the popular music going, all right, look, I, I understand that every generation hates it. But, man, I really do hate it. I really do not like these songs. Well, for instance, it's like I'm, I'm listening to the radio the, the other day and talking to a friend of mine. And uh, Kumo D's Wild Wild West comes on. And I'm listening to Backspin on, on Sirius XM. And I was actually asked – was this used in the Wild Wild West movie? And, and I'm just like, no, because Will Smith isn't that, that cool or that innovative. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, I really like that Will Smith song where he didn't use the sample from, from another song. There was, no, that wasn't it. There was, mm. uh, no, wasn't that either. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't even know that, that Switch was you know, used without a sample from something else. It's, I, I just had I, forgotten all about that song. I, I don't see how a guy got that popular biting on other people's songs. I mean, this isn't 1986 all over again. Have you met his friend, Sean P. Diddy Combs? <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Jeez. Good point. You're welcome. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I, I just find, uh, yeah, the Pitbull one, I've really never gotten that one, but um, 
yeah, the, the, the new music, I, I get it. Every generation hates it, but man, I really, really do hate it. Um, you know, I remember it was finally a few years ago where I just took any top 40 station that was on any of my presets. It's gone. I don't need to, I don't even need to check in with it anymore. <laughs> I'm good. And then what I remember when I had XM radio for a while, you know, mm-hmm. when I got a new car, right. Flipping on like the pop stations or whatever. And, um, I mean, this was like several years ago. This was like not my current car, but the previous car. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, Teo Cruz's Dynamite was very popular. Oh. And uh, it seemed to be on like three different channels at the same time at all times. It was it was like they had started a t- uh, whatever it is, a Dynamite you know, radio station on there. And it was channels 20 through 25 you know, or something. <laughs> Just seems like it was always on. That's, no, that song. Not, it's not Dynamite. Yeah, that song went on and on and on, and then yeah. went on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you choose. His from... other songs are great, though. Whatever those are. <laughs> yeah, something surely. I'll uh, I'll let you choose the where we go next. There are three different stories here, and and you can choose which one you want. There's... Well, before we got into idiots, I had my own little. Okay. Uh, I mean, I was telling you about it a little before we started on air, but mm-hmm. you know, as a society, we're always scared to admit uh, when we don't know something, right? You know, and that's something that as I've gotten older, I feel like I've I've slowly but surely uh, started to do that more often where I just look at someone and go, look, I really have no idea what you're talking about right now. I'm not going to fake my way through it and try to figure it out later. So I found that when I was out with a friend of mine last night, I had about three times during the conversation where I just would stop what I was doing and be like, you know what? I'm just talking out of the backside right now. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Or, for example... (laughs) We uh, we were at a bar and bobsledding was on. He was asking me, "It's like, how do they steer it?" And I'm like, "Oh, the, I think the front, you know, the front of it. They can steer the front, and then they have like, these little cables underneath the, the front of the bobsled, and they can use that to manipulate." The... Wait a minute, I should not be telling you any of this. Everything I'm reciting is learned from the movie Cool Runnings. <laughs> this is not okay. Like, what am I doing? That's ridiculous. Uh, and then later on, we were chatting about work, and he he sells hedge funds, and I asked him finally. I was like, "Look." I got to be honest with you, man. I have no idea what you do. What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm bad with with the financial world. And he looks at me. He's like, you know what? My wife tells me the same thing. Here's what it is. And he, he explains it to me. And I said, so you're involved a lot with buying and selling stocks? He's like, no, not really. I'm involved in the sales side and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I was like, okay, see, I actually learned something. And I didn't feel like an idiot when I did it. But I'm always scared. Like, I'm going to feel like such a moron when I admit you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. Like I say, you 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 deal with hedgehogs. Yeah, <laughs> you listen to the band what? Fun, <laughs> like you said. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't listen to Fun, and that's good. We wouldn't be friends otherwise. So <laughs> the you know, what? I mean, is there a value in that in our society, or have we just gone? Do you think that it's gone more the other way as, as you've gotten older, where you know people are still just as insecure to the point where they can't admit when they don't know something? Uh, is that something that you've experienced as you've gotten older, that you've gotten better just saying, like, look, I don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, see, people use Wikipedia far too often these days, and you can catch right. them when they do because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you probably would go to look at <laughs> look at it too. But right. with me, I found there's not so much shame in admitting that I don't know something because, you know, you're supposed to learn something every day. If, if you already know everything, then what's the point in talking to somebody anyway? So, yeah, I mean – I. 
I used to be really self-conscious about it. Now I, I don't really care. I'll tell somebody, mm-hmm. look, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. You, you mind, you know, explaining that in actual English? Right. And, uh, you know, usually it works well, but you've got a fair point. There are a lot of people these days that either won't admit when they don't know, or they'll sit there and fumble on their phone or something, and then they'll come up with some kind of what they think is a reason take based off of what they read on the, on the net. Right. No, that's true. Uh, I, I, I did think back to this moment. It was the first time in, you know, uh, everyone in the, the uh, chat room enjoy right now um, as I talk about <laughs> it's story time with Uncle Ed. As I, t- <laughs> as I talk about this, no, uh, it's a gift for all of you in the chat room as I talk to, about this is right before the first WNBA game that I ever produced. <laughs> Start new jokes. Uh, so anyway, what happened was uh, it was for the Sparks, and Candace Parker had been out with an injury, and it was her first game back after missing like four or five games or something. Um, what had happened was is we had gotten a request from the studio to interview a, spe- a different player for pregame, and our play-by-play guy um, went over to the shoot-around and texted me, hey, Candace is going to play tonight. We need to make her the interview. And I said, all right, let me just check with the studio and make sure that they're good with it. I don't know why they we wouldn't, but it's, you know, it's, it's their show. It's not my show to mess with. So he starts texting me again, like, look, we've got to talk to her. We've got to talk to her. And I agree with him at this point. I just want to make sure that the studio is on board with it first before you – know, uh, basically, I don't want the guy to think like, oh, you're trying to decide my show for me. You know? Of course. Uh, of course. That seems seems fine. Sure. So at one point, he texts me again, and he says, don't worry. We can still talk about the, – the other player was Neko Kumake. And he said, so don't worry. We can talk about um, – you know, we can talk about Melanius in the open. And I'm looking at it going like – Who's Melanius? I don't. So I hop on my computer and I Google it, and it was some like character from Greek mythology. <laughs> and I'm just so confused at this point, going like, "Oh man, I don't want to do this to the studio, but yeah, we really should talk to Candace Parker." And and now he wants to talk to this Melanius person in the open. That if I Google Melanius WNBA, it just gives me Greek mythology. Like, I, <laughs> ah. so finally, I just realized I got to write this person back and go like, "Look." Who is Melanius? And he tells me, he's like, I don't know. Who is Melanius? And I said, you just told me we should talk Melanius for the game open. And that's what the iPhone autocorrects NECA to. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I just had to like swallow my pride and realize, like, oh, I'm not crazy. That was a legitimate question. <laughs> and everything got worked out. It was just funny. <laughs> yeah, and the, uh, the story you didn't know is that Ed nursed Candace Parker back to health with lots of carrots. Wow, I'm just... Anyway, how about that weather, huh? <laughs> kind of here in San Diego. Anyway, uh, yeah. moving, moving on. Uh, I'll let you choose from one of these three things, none of which are idiot stories, believe it or not, but I'll let you choose from one of these. I'll, I'll give you two-word, uh, two keyword phrases here, and you can pick from your favorite of the three. I'm looking for Florida. Uh, no. There's uh. unconventional dating, dude rules, or attractive sleds. I'm going to go with dude rules just because I'm really curious to hear what rules we may have come up with here. Okay. This this actually came from something that was passed along. This is rules for men, allegedly. So I wanted to share this with you because we all get these these dumb things. And uh, I saw this floating around this week, so I'll, I'll share some of these with you. Um, were they on a slideshow by chance? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Oh, okay. uh, they, they were in all caps, though. So mm, that. All caps. Yeah. And so these, that, what, does that make them stronger or uh, louder? Uh, <laughs> both. <laughs> these are apparently men's rules for women, uh, and they're all numbered one. So just so you know. Uh, ha, 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 yeah. I get it. Men are not mind readers. 
Continuing. Mm. That's uh, a rule? Apparently. Learn to work the toilet seat. You're a big girl. If it's up, put it down. We need it up. You need it down. You don't hear us complaining when you leave it down. And now I'm thinking back to Clyde's mom on South Park. You know, I, I mean, I've always thought that's a pick your battles kind of deal. <laughs> you know, is it really worth like, is it really worth caring about it? <laughs> a Denver man was stabbed last night after he left the toilet seat up. Right. Uh, <laughs> another rule, crying is blackmail. Not always, but there are moments, yeah. Uh, the next rule, ask for what you want. Let us be clear on this one. Subtle hints do not work. Strong hints do not work. Obvious hints do not work. Just say it. Now, I'll, I'll freely admit I'm I'm one of these here, and this this mostly applies to me at work. There are people who, you know, have tried in, in my past to kind of just suggest things to me, like play mind games and stuff. I am the dumbest damn individual imaginable when it comes to figuring out, like, people trying to give me hints on things and, and trying to lead me to an answer, just come out and say it. I'll, I'll freely admit my shortcomings, and that's one of them. I, this is something that I've, I'm far from perfect. Uh, sure. If I ever try to say I am uh, in anything other than a joking manner, please feel free to try to like, electrocute <laughs> me through this microphone. But uh, I've gotten pretty good uh, picking up on uh, my fiance's hints. Uh, but the thing that seems to happen is I don't, I don't, let her on to the fact that I've picked up on her hints. So you're just playing Cause, dumb. Well, because I want to surprise her later. So if she says something about like, oh, my feet really hurt when she comes home, she probably would like me to, you know, give her a foot massage. And we had a, we had a thing where I, you know, she would say something and I'd be like, oh, okay. And I'd think like, oh, later on I'll, you know, work on it or something like that. And then later on she would be like, look, you know, I'd really like foot massage. I'm like, yeah, I know. I was planning on giving you one later. And that happened like a couple times in a row and then she said something about her feet again and uh, I went and like grabbed the this like lotion stuff that we would, you know would use and I put it out by the couch and you know kind of hid it out there and everything and it's like oh when we're watching TV later I'll just take care of this and um, and then later <laughs> on she's like look I really like foot massage I'm like yeah I know I was planning on it and then she said like well you always say that you're planning on it. How, how, you know, I, I think you just are trying to cover yourself. And I'm like, oh, really? And then I like open the door and show her the <laughs> stuff waiting there. And she's like, oh, I guess you are listening. Like, yeah, no, I am. I swear. Oh, I'm listening. It'd be kind of a problem if I wasn't. Ain't no ballpark neither. I mean, she, like, again, like I said, she's an attorney. Like, I better start listening and paying attention to the fine print. <laughs> uh, some more of these. I'll skip past some of them. Uh, here's another one. If you think you're fat, you probably are. Don't ask us. Uh, that's, uh, that's also a death sentence right there. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, look, it, these might as well be called rules to stay single. <laughs> rules to die. Uh, yeah. here's one. Christopher Columbus did not need directions and neither do we. I've, I've never needed directions. I've always had a GPS or Google maps if I didn't know where I was going. So, right. Whatever. Yeah. These days that, that stereotype is going to just fade away because everyone will be, why did you need directions? Didn't you just open your app? <laughs> See, if you weren't so stubborn all the damn time. Well, <laughs> I, I just did a game in Portland over the weekend, and a guy in our production crew said, I felt like such a moron after coming, uh, getting a rental car, and I'm driving out, and, uh, you know, the guy's like, oh, do you need a, you, need, you know, never lost in your car? No, no, I'll just uh, do it on my phone. 
And, uh, okay, thanks. And they check him out, whatever. And right as he, like, gets out of the, basically goes through the gate, he goes to use maps on his phone and look up the, the hotel. <laughs> and his phone died. Oh, no. So he backed up and was like, excuse me, could I have a map? <laughs> At least he didn't back over the spikes. That would have been bad. Right. No, he did not do that, which is a good move. But, you know, using an actual paper map these days, it's like, oh, my God, you're so retro. <laughs> See, they probably pull you over for that these days. It's like, that's... Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Under the cell phone hands-free law, uh, we're going to get you... Well, I'm not using a cell phone. I understand that, but you're not paying attention to the you're, you're st- You are still reading text in a car. Right. <laughs> this uh, this next one, this this takes me back to prom, actually, all all those years ago. All men see in only 16 colors like Windows default settings. Peach, for example, is a fruit, not a color. Pumpkin is also a fruit. We have no idea what mauve is. And I'll tell you the story behind that one. I actually ended up for prom wearing a mauve tie and cummerbund with my tux. I didn't know what the hell it was. I still don't. But the person I took to prom really, really wanted to wear that color. So, whatever. Dude, I'm just telling you again that these rules are almost written by someone who's like, look, I'd like to be as standoffish, as undateable as possible for most women. So how can I make sure that that's, that's just known that uh, maybe I'm just not worth the effort? Yeah, I'm just going to put out lists like this. In all caps, no less. Rules for a-holes. Yep. <laughs> and finally, this one made me think of Heater, and I, I know that you If you'll... you don't keep my fridge stocked with four loco, I'm leaving you. Rule number one. I pecked these out from the home office in my trailer. <laughs> This this one makes me think of heater, and I, I know getting you'll, lap dances is yeah. nothing. Rule one. You'll uh, you'll connect with this one once I tell you the the final rule. I'll share with you. I'm in shape, round as a shape. You remember heater's uh, sh- oh, yeah. shirt to that? Yeah, uh, I do. It's, this, effect. Is, this is disappointing, <laughs> man. You could like this is this is. I mean, you talk about paint by numbers as we did when we were referencing Jackson Brown earlier. Yeah. It's like this is this is straight out of the Mad Libs collection for a harp, harp, harp. You know. <laughs> All right, so we can move on to unconventional dating or attractive sleds. Your call. Unconventional dating. Okay. I'm just. I'm really hoping we can have a trifecta of arrest dating stories. <laughs> Unfortunately, not yet. This one, oh, man. this uh, from THR. What's that? VH1 has picked up the series Naked Dating, the Hollywood Reporter has learned. Seems like that would be a better Playboy Network <laughs> show to me. Otherwise, there's going to be, I mean, you're going to have to really do a lot in post. The, uh, the 10 episode dating series hails from lighthearted entertainment, the independently owned production company behind unscripted series, including extreme makeover, the moment of truth next 72 hours. And are you the one? I don't know some of those shows, so that didn't really mean much to me. <laughs> uh, each What's ep- THR by the way, uh, the Hollywood reporter. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> each episode will feature a man and a woman as they each date two different and naked suitors. The series will explore the art of romance, free of preconceived notions, stereotypes, and yes, clothing. At the end of every hour-long episode, the two romance seekers analyze what they've learned from their dates and themselves before deciding whether to move forward with their potential love matches. All right, let's just cut to the chase of <laughs> what you know this is going to be like. Two dudes, one lady, and, you know, it's going to be like, I like this guy better, and the other guy's got a bigger hog. And then it's going to be just on from there. And you know that confessional's coming, too. That's just a guarantee. Guaranteed. <laughs> 
A, right? uh, of course. I mean, that's that's how it has to work. Right. <laughs> a, uh, a yet-to-be-named host, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for Brian Fantana, will mm. we'll oversee the series, which will be filmed in a remote, remote exotic locale. The focus will be on examining the honest self and the surprising results that come with that. VH1 says the series will be edited according to network standards. There's more, by the way. I just... <laughs> I wish we could have combined this show with Temptation Island. <laughs> Intercourse Island on the Fox Network. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Put the thing on Playboy. You got a show that people would watch if they actually ever got the Playboy channel. <laughs> Can you imagine Chuck Woolery hosting this? It's, it's like, so uh, she's decided she prefers Derek's Wang. We'll be back in two and two. <laughs> I can't, because that would mean that Chuck Woolery is probably also naked. <laughs> oh, God. You wow. Brought it up. You brought it up. I'm saying, it's, uh, do you really think the host is not going to be naked? Everyone else is sitting there naked, and the host is just like, what's up, man? Hope you hope you like like Linton pants. Well, uh, in that case, it sounds like a great uh, new vehicle for Kate Upton. Right. There you go. Uh, the, the typical out-of-touch programming executive says, at first, this seems like a show that's all about a noisy, provocative hook, and we embrace that, said Susan Levison, executive VP, original programming and production at VH1. But when you go deeper, uh, it's uh, really all about something that we can all relate to, the search for true love. It's a series with heart and masterful storytelling, both earmarks of an engaging must-watch show. Yeah, sure it is. Now, hold on a minute. Couldn't you take... <laughs> I want to just go back to those comments. <laughs> Yes. Don't you think you could take those same comments <laughs> and just tweak a word there and make things like show album and, you know, things of that nature? But that's basically someone's PR release for a new album by some pop person, too. Noisy and provocative hooks. Right. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's all about just real life and the quest to find love. You know, mm-hmm. and it just makes it a fantastic album. That's why you should buy Roar by Katy Perry. <laughs> I, that doesn't seem like a stretch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Literally replace one or two words and just drop this in for comment about, oh, so many things released by Hollywood. This uh, this comes from Howard Schultz, who's the vice or the president of Lighthearted Entertainment. We created the show based on marrying a provocative idea with a back-to-basics philosophy. With all the dating options in the world, what happens if you take one man and woman and strip them of all their pretenses? VH1 immediately understood our vision and is a fantastic partner on a show that uses a social experiment to provide a fun and entertaining look into how men and women interact when they bear all. They interact? What? That's not the Howard Schultz of Starbucks fame, is it? (laughs) I can only hope. (laughs) Oh, that's an honest question. I I mean, I'm just saying that. (laughs) Name kind of jumps out. Don't worry, I'll Wikipedia him and then just talk out of my backside about him as soon as I uh, finish skimming it, skimming it over. What do you think? Starbucks skimming? Do you see what she did there? Didn't even, see, look, dude, I don't <laughs> need to do that. I'm not trying to... Hmm. But then it's because it runs in your family. Yeah, you yeah. Immediately, you catch all of those. Yeah. Now I, now I don't even remember what, what my point was. I, I make a latte jokes. That happened too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, stripping them of all their pretenses. I mean, you know who's not advertising on this show? Who? Or maybe they are. I don't know. You tell me. Is this is this company more or less likely to advertise on this show? Spanx. <laughs> I would hope more. Just, I don't know. I, as soon as I thought of it, I'm like, I don't know. 
know. It might actually be like, hmm, see what you look like naked? Get some Spanx. No. <laughs> we make Spanx for men. See, um, now I'm, I'm really wanting to see nakedchristianmingle.com now. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. I mean, that's... How are you going to rationalize that? <laughs> Hits of You're going to have to find a Bible verse to support that, man. You can all hang out naked. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody wore fig leaves or whatever. So, Right. And go back to the days of Adam and Eve in the garden. <laughs> and get to know Chad. <laughs> <laughs> or nakedfarmersonly.com. There's, there's that, too. That's all right. That's already pretty much how that goes. <laughs> something, something rolling the hay. Something, something. See what happens uh, when Bubba unclips both sides of his overalls. Whoa! <laughs> keep those co- keep those coveralls covering. Let's go, Bubba. Come on. Hi, I'm Buddy Lee Phillips for NakedFarmersOnly.com. <laughs> uh, what would your sign-up bonus be if you entered the code BLP and signed up to NakedFarmers.com? Somebody shows up at your door with a, a gift package including an American flag, uh, a six-pack of PBR, and a bald eagle. And a pouch of red man. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> Folks, this has been one of the biggest clown shows we've ever done, and I love every second of it. This you is, say that every week. I, I know, but it just, it's got to see how this is all so. that different. <laughs> the uh, the other story you didn't pick, by the way, is uh, is this this from an insure.com survey of one thousand six female drivers ages eighteen and older. They were okay. asked what attractive men tend to drive. Do you want to hazard a guess as to what genre of vehicle was most driven by attractive men, according to them? Nissan Leaf. <laughs> Yeah, they, no, was that not those those guys just know how to plug away at it? Uh, I get it. I get it. According to to Insure.com's survey of 1,006 female drivers Realistic ages 18 answers, and older, I'm guessing like Mercedes, BMW. Uh, actually, this is more just the the type of car. Uh, 32 percent oh. said pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. So the most attractive. Uh, people to them drive so pickup trucks. Percent of the people who took this survey really, really enjoy Luke Bryan and Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> no, they said pickup trucks, not El Caminos. That's a fair point. I'm going to allow yeah. that one for sure. Yeah, no, it's good. Twenty-seven uh, percent drive sports cars, of course. Sports cars, yeah. Sixteen uh, percent said SUVs. Okay. Eleven percent said sedans. Nine percent said hybrids or electrics. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets funny. Four percent said a UPS truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got to order more stuff on Amazon. <laughs> Every day I order on Amazon. <laughs> I stand at my door with nothing but a smile on and a cup of coffee. Two uh, percent say that a the most attractive men drive a minivan. So uh, those are apparently people who hang out on AshleyMadison.com. That's true. Uh, people who are outright liars believe that. People who have no soul anymore believe that. <laughs> um, it, it, I'm sorry, but no. 
And uh, 1% say that the most attractive men tend to drive a mail truck. <laughs> okay. I'm going to revise my thought on the minivan, by the way. I want someone <laughs> – I, the, 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 the 2% of those people are people who are really upfront on the fact that they only want men who are unavailable. Sure, sure. Right? I think that's what we're basically trying right, to say. Right, right, right. 1% say a mail truck? Yeah, so 10 women out there who were surveyed think that the sexiest men alive drive mail trucks. Maybe, it's, maybe it's the shorts with the knee-high socks. Maybe that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe maybe. maybe it's the fact that <laughs> that they'll always have time to finish because the guy's always late. Is, is that how that is? Yeah, that you know that always is something that I've I've always wondered. I've never been in a place where I've gotten my mail on a consistent basis before no, like three nope, p.m. Nope. Does it happen anywhere? <laughs> I don't think so. I really don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know. And uh, my my father asking why nobody said a garbage truck. Fair question. Hmm. RV? <laughs> no. Vespa? Mm. Uh, no, a motorcycle with a sidecar? <laughs> a tandem bike? Right. Tandem bike. Winner right tandem, there. Tandem bikes are ballerstatus.com, dude. Seriously. Believe it. Yeah. Uh, Dateline Pickens, South Carolina. A Pickens woman has been arrested and charged after deputies said she failed to return a Jennifer Lopez movie she rented in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> she was arrested. <laughs> okay, please tell me it was made in Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, no. no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kayla Michelle Finley, 27, has been charged with failure to return a rented video cassette, according to the Pickens County Sheriff's Office. Now, she was probably like 18, 19 when she rented this. Uh, <laughs> 27 right now? Yeah. 27 right now. And she rented it in 2005. 14. 2005. Yeah, I mean, nine years ago. There you go. Uh, according to warrants, Finley rented Monster-in-Law from Dalton Video, which is no longer in business. <laughs> and the tape was not returned within 72 hours. Monster-in-Law. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and check this movie out because I don't remember this at all. It, uh, uh, it, it had Jane Fonda in it. It's the story, <laughs> Oh, yes, I, I, I hate to admit that I do remember this movie being advertised on the TV. Never saw it, but, um, yeah. You would think Seth Rogen was in it. For, anyway, right. a, a certified warrant was sent to the woman on September 12, 2005. Can you imagine that? What are you in for? I'm running a J-Lo movie and didn't take it back. I'm gangster, right. son. Uh, <laughs> Finley was arrested on Thursday after a traffic stop where a record check showed the offense. And of course, this is the best closing sentence in the history of ever. Warrant said the tape had a value of less than $1,000. Did it really? <laughs> less than 1000 Might be the only one left. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. By the way, the, uh, the cast in this movie, Jennifer Lopez, Jane Fonda, Michael Vartan, whoever that is, but apparently that's the male lead. And then fourth, Wanda Sykes. So it must have been great. Okay. And Will Arnett was in it, but he had uh, he was billed eighth. And uh, you know they need more of him in it. I'm just guessing. I haven't even seen it. Uh, what's been great about this though is that they do have uh, people who like this also liked, and it includes Jennifer Lopez as the wedding planner. And I got to say, the picture of Matthew McConaughey with like bleached hair and uh, you know thin rimmed glasses um, <laughs> is hilarious right now. <laughs> Especially after the story we had at the beginning of the program. Well, just, I mean, if you think about everything McConaughey is doing these days, from 
you know, stone naked bongos to, right. you know, how he looks for true detective or whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I, I did forward you the link. So please take a glance. And if you just scroll a little way down, you'll see it. Oh, um, boy. It's, it's a little scary. <laughs> Wooderson, man. Wooderson did that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I keep getting older, and J-Lo's butt stays the same size. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, did you get a chance to see the picture yet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Isn't that kind of weird? He just looks like, yeah, just, I hope the check cashes. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I, I'm uh, I'm suddenly reminded that I need to return my Betamax copy of Herbie the Love Bug sometime before nice. the law catches up That's with good. Me. Yeah, I mean, share the Herbie gospel with the world. A, uh, a Connecticut PE teacher ventured far from approved curriculum and was busted for allegedly betting a male student, according to authorities. So if she lost, she had to give up the male student? or <laughs> uh, Megan Egan, 25, a teacher at Crosby High School in Waterbury, Connecticut, was arrested on four counts of sexual assault for carrying on trysts with a male student at her home, the Waterbury Police Department said. By the way, trysts, underrated word. Uh, mm. Egan, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was agreeing with you. Uh, Egan and the student allegedly engaged in the illicit activity from the end of December through January. None of those encounters occurring on school grounds, police said. Egan is, or was, is more appropriate, a physical education teacher at Crosby High School, according to the school's website and police. In her mugshot, Egan wore a loose-fitting beige Superman shirt and appeared unfazed by her arrest. <laughs> now, I want to go back to something that I know that uh, you probably have info on, but I'm still just wondering, where where's the wager? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have any info, unfortunately. No, they don't even say what the wagers are? No. No? So, I mean, obviously it must have been some sort of wager that she lost and she had to just give it up for a few months. I mean, that sounds totally plausible. It does say this, though. Several students took to Twitter to express their shock and adolescent amusement at Egan's arrest. Quote, Miss Egan had sex with a student. Ha, 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 ha. I knew it, unquote, wrote, uh, wrote at K-I underscore A-R-A-A. Well, that's great. That's great. <laughs> uh, a woman has made a mistake that's going to pretty much... Stay with her the rest of her life, and you're writing ha 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 ha. Well, um, I, I'm going to send you the mug. Uh, I can't get it to show on the screen, but uh, once you, once you yeah, see I'm the not picture, I'm trying to say feel bad for this person. I'm just trying to say, like, look, they, they have ruined their lives right now. You, you, you'll, you'll see the the person's life was ruined long before this happened. But here's the uh, here's the mug. Enjoy. Yeah, she looks defiant. I definitely <laughs> definitely think she looks defiant. Yeah, like defiant, defiled something. You know, but. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, man. I, I love that part of the news story though is the reaction on social media was for something as specific as a teacher <laughs> at one high school doing this. Yeah, right? um, just an observation though. Looking at the mug, uh, she doesn't really have the uh, the upper deck to pull off the the no collar look. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Noted fashion consultant Brian Wilmer gets no. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, though. All over it. <laughs> you were uh, you were mad because we didn't go to uh, Florida stuff, so on to Florida. Right. Uh, Dateline, Fort Lauderdale. Prior to reopening the modeled Shooter's Waterfront six days ago, new owner Megan Leckie. Leckie. Uh, okay. Yeah. And by the way, to answer your off-air question, yes, around that. Uh, explain the decision to okay. re retain the name of the landmark restaurant this way. Everyone has a shooter's story. Add one more. 
An off-duty Miami-Dade corrections officer reaching into his pocket for a valet ticket uh, Saturday evening accidentally triggered his concealed handgun firing a round that sent ricocheting, ricocheting shrapnel into six or more patrons, according to police. Dude, that's amazing. <laughs> that's just amazing. Uh, wow. At least nobody died out of it, thankfully. Officer Plaxco Burris. Sorry for this. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> the corrections officer had been dining in the bar area near the waterfront, police said, when his gun went off. He immediately called his supervisor and remained at the restaurant where he was interviewed by Miami-Dade Internal Affairs officers, according to Captain Frank Souza. The officer's name was not released Sunday by authorities. He did everything he was supposed to do, said Souza. Police deemed the shooting accidental, Souza said. Quote, This was a very unfortunate situation that we wish did not happen, said Leckie, who was not at the restaurant when the gun went off. It was quite a shock. This could have been a lot worse than it was, unquote. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Grant, who's a spokesman for shooters, said people didn't know what it was. People looked to see if a light blew or a champagne cork popped. <laughs> Officer Cheddar Bob would have been funnier, but few people would have gotten that one. <laughs> Just because it's funny. Well, we spoke with Officer Cheddar Bob, and he was able to give us his statement. We've determined this is an accidental shooting due to his sweatpants or whatever it was. Um, B-Rabbit could not be reached for comment. Uh, that's true. But at the same time, I, I still kind of – I love this. This could have been a lot worse. Only six people got hit with shrapnel. What about for those six people? Well, This could have gone a lot better. We just came to eat some food and drink beer. Not get hit with shrapnel. We're not all out of shrapnel, are we? How's this for a close, though? Uh, Leckie said she decided to keep the name Shooters because it's so well-known. Quote, it's an iconic name. We want to inject life back into the brand. Unquote. She almost right. injected death back into the brand. There you go. Hey. hey uh, By the way, uh, for those of you listening, two more stories in DTMA. And then we uh, we move on to the sports program that you're most likely expecting. Mm-hmm. So on the, on the live side, you'll get that. On the recorded side, you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want. But... It's just a public service announcement from us to you. Dateline Clearwater. Uh, Clearwater police detectives didn't have to look far to find the man they say tried to rob the radio shack at US-19 and Sunset Point on Wednesday. That's because the suspect, 20-year-old Andre Trevor Puskis, works there. I just have a feeling that was coming. (laughs) Police say he showed up for a shift a little more than six hours after the robbery attempt. That takes some stones. (laughs) That takes some stones. Um, during the botched robbery, police say the ski mask wearing would-be robber used pepper spray on an employee. He also tried to tase her, but ended up shooting himself in the hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Let me make sure I review a couple details, because I was like, I must have misheard you. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I might have just... Wait, there's no way I could have heard that right. (laughs) So, he showed up for a, a shift six hours after the robbery attempt. Right. Okay, so six hours prior, he had just tried to he had just pepper sprayed an employee, right, a coworker, mm-hmm. I should say, and shot himself in the hand with a taser. Yes, right. Okay, I assume that that probably is not real fun. I wonder if he shouted out, "Don't taste yourself, bro!" After him. no, but, but my point is, is I was thinking, like, <laughs> did he have to have some sort of bandage on that hand? Hey, <laughs> what happened to your hand? Uh. Uh, burned it cooking something well uh that that ended up being a lot more prescient than you probably would have imagined because the employee told police she thought it was that it was uh, strange that the suspect never said a word to her almost though he didn't want her to hear his voice she also took note of his physical description six foot two and 280 pounds 
<laughs> oh, man, look, um, this is just a this is just my own personal thoughts on this. So uh, I'm not trying to encourage people or anything of the sort. But I would think that uh, the best thing to be if you are going to be committing a crime where you are trying to hide your identity is probably be somewhere in the five foot nine to six foot range, and probably in the 160 to 180 pound range. Right. Exactly. So you really kind of messed up in both. You're too tall and too large to not be noticeable. <laughs> not to mention you burned your hand with a taser and then went into work about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're wearing some sort of pepper cologne? <laughs> no, this is weird. Ever since you got here, I just smell this like, that's oh, weird. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's this new stuff I bought. I bought at the at the Kohl's. It's called Repay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, detectives say the suspect showed up for work later that day, but was a few minutes late because it was raining outside. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Puskis later admitted to detectives that he tried to rob the store where he'd worked since uh, October of last year. He said he needed money to pay for his car insurance and cell phone bill. They also recovered the stun gun and pepper spray in his car. Oh, good. They kept it far away and hard to find, so must have been a tough investigation. Well, I don't know what we're going to find. Uh, this might take a while, but we'll start with this. Co- oh, found it. Thanks. And uh, here's here's the mug of this dude before I, I finally close out the story. Uh, he, he remains in the Pinellas County Jail on account of attempted robbery on $150,000 bail. Right. Yeah, uh, the longer hair is also not conducive to being stealth. So, I, I love yeah. I love that dude when he was a USA softball player. <laughs> wow, did I say that? I, just was, I was just going to say he looks like BYU. You know, this is like oh BYU just signed a new <laughs> offensive lineman. Um, we got him on a mission over in uh, Samoa, and <laughs> probably totally. Butchered where this guy's from, too. Sorry. Uh, whatever. It's a joke. Please don't <laughs> spray pepper spray in my grill. And uh, finally, Dateline Crestview, Florida. Police say a drunk man pushed his father to the ground and told him to perform a sex act. Oh, okay. That's cheery as well. Uh, the incident was reported to the Crestview Police Department. The apparent victim and a witness said the 28-year-old man was intoxicated and argued with his father. He used both his hands to shove his father to the ground. He then removed his genitals from his pants and told his father to perform a sex act on him. Well, that's, at least we ended the show on about the most disturbing <laughs> note possible. Good job, Brian. There are worse I could have ended with. I, no, well, the good thing is, though, is you saved it to the end of the show. If anyone's made it this far, they're just like, I'll just tough it out at this point. If we'd led with this, everyone would have just turned the thing off. <laughs> well, okay. So I'll, 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 I'll come up with one very quick, lighter story before we end the program. Yeah, I'm saying – I'm not criticizing. I'm saying you're putting it at the right place. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. end. The, uh, the suspect told police he never touched his father, and his father and the witness were trying to set him up so they could smoke crack together and have sex, according to the arrest report. <laughs> See, what logical thing. McGruff sang about that one, too. Right. So so he pushed him down, took out his junk, said, please perform, or I'm sure he said, please perform this sex act. And then later was said, I never touched him. What about when he pushed him down? Oh, uh, I forgot about that part. That doesn't See, that doesn't count. I never touched him after that. You know, after that. That's what I mean. <laughs> 
actually, let's let's close on this note because it's it's a little less disturbing. Dateline Fort Walton Beach, and this will be quick, I promise. Uh, okay. a, a man was arrested after he allegedly violated the terms of an injunction and refused to follow instructions from Okaloosa County Sheriff's deputies. This always ends well. Uh, mm. According to an arrest report, the man was tracked down to a trailer, of course, at the corner of Gibson Road and Yancey Street. As they approached the trailer, deputies were greeted by a woman who told them that the suspect was inside and she started yelling for him to come out. When he didn't, the woman gave deputies permission to go inside and find him. Deputies at first couldn't see the man, but when they yanked down a blanket that was hung across the hallway, of course, they saw him in a back bedroom. He was then ordered out. The man was told to put his hands in the air and walk backward. If He or he did walk backward, but did not raise his hands. <laughs> Guess he did care. When, uh, when deputies told him he'd be tased if he didn't raise his hands, he approached deputies aggressively and said, quote, bleeping tase me, unquote. Okay. <laughs> bleeping tase me. In fact, that might be the... the uh, winner in the clubhouse for the the title of this program. Any objections? No, I don't. I, what I was wondering though is this is this news copy that you're reading, or did someone like write up an episode of Cops and just <laughs> decide just like, hey, let me just type this up in case you can't watch a Cops episode and you just want to get the feel of one. It's in Florida. There's a trailer involved. There's a screaming lady who greets the cops. Blah blah. I mean, <laughs> checks all the boxes, doesn't it? Parentheses. A drunk man enters. Period. Close parentheses. <laughs> right. I mean, the only thing that this is missing, and there's only one part of it, there needs to be some sort of chase where he throws something away for them to find later. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, this is uh, this is how this closes. Deputies got the man on the floor and handcuffed and the report indicated at one point the man said, quote, you better hope I don't figure out where you bleeping live, unquote. You know, threatening police officers <laughs> is a pretty bad idea. Um, generally, I think they hold the power. In most confrontations like that. So I would just go ahead at this point. I think you just go along quietly uh, and then try to figure out how to get out of the jail that they put you in. That might be the way to go. I'm just throwing it out there, though. So uh, with a shorter program this week, three headlines that we didn't get to. And I'll, I'll, I'll leave these with you so that you can be teased of what you didn't hear on the program. Uh, Florida man and wife deny doing drugs in front of child say they were just having sex. That's headline number one. Headline number two, girlfriend won't cuddle, boyfriend responds with fists. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, headline number three, man accused of trying to slam door in deputy's face. So oh, that's, that's what we didn't get to by, by uh, yeah. shortening the program. Don't you feel sad? That that's you probably all right. But I did manage to find out because they do actually give um, – they have little show recaps for some cops episodes on TVGuide.com. Mm-hmm. And on the right-hand side of the page, it talks about the upcoming episodes that include the titles Not My Text Messages and Hands Off the Junk. <laughs> so glad I can contribute that to the program. <laughs> we'll let that be the last word. <laughs> Here we go. This has been Did That Make Air, episode 21. Uh, you can tweet us at Did That Make Air. You can also email us, DTMA Podcast. At gmail.com, and now it's time for everybody's favorite theme song, the closing theme to the program. We want to thank you for joining us, and it's uh, it's been an interesting week. I strongly encourage you all to go to the Internet Archive and download the entire McGruff album, take it to the gym, and get your jam on. He's Ed Barnes. I'm Brian Wilmer. Until next week, this has been Did That Make Air. Take care. We'll see you later.